It is our number two on this snowy, blizzard-like Wednesday afternoon. It's always a pleasure when this man joins us. He's been with me on air for 20-some years. He is one of the best epidemiologists on planet Earth. He is Dr. Michael Osterholm, and Mike is with us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Can we go lighter first, and then we'll get dive deep into it? Take me through... The Christmas weekend for Mike Osterholm. Uh, well, I'll be close to home. The weather obviously uh, is a challenge, uh, but more importantly, my my kids are here and uh, my grandkids. And one of the things that we do every Christmas, we're now in our thirty fifth year, is I read the Polar Express to what once were my young children, and now to my grandchildren. Oh, that's we great! Missed a Christmas since that, so every Christmas Eve night, I will read the Polar Express to them. Uh, it is beautiful when we all have these traditions. I have one with my oldest boy to make sure, and as, uh-huh. as many people over, we, we put the tree together and go over some memories leading up to it, and uh, that is a part of it. Now, will you be cooking? I mean, uh, did you dabble in the kitchen? Are you skillful in the kitchen? How does that work out? <laughs> Uh, it depends. Uh, I'm not the best, so therefore I'm not usually first in line, but I'll try to help as I can. But uh, I, I come from a family of some very, very, very good cooks, so they, That's they great. tend to do it quite well. Yeah. Yes, that is a uh, great benefit. I've been very fortunate myself <laughs> along those lines, and I never, ever take that for granted. So I hope you have an amazing weekend. Let's uh, let's delve in, and we'll look at uh, text, too. If you have a specific question, for Mike on COVID, 651-461-9226, just text. So this popped up yesterday. Trip's got a trip of the story online, too, yesterday. But telehealth option for people with COVID to hasten access to antiviral treatments when they are affected. The program allows people to present the results of an at-home or clinical COVID-19 test to online providers and then have the prescriptions filled at local pharmacies or delivered to the homes if they live in remote areas. How important is this change to you, Mike, in, in once someone tests positive to try to treat them as effectively as possible? Well, it's very important. Uh, right now, we know that we have several lines of defense against this virus. First of all, the vaccine, this bivalent vaccine in particular, is really key. That can substantially reduce your risk of serious illness, hospitalizations, and deaths, particularly in the older population where we tend to see more of the deaths. Uh, it doesn't necessarily prevent you from getting infected or being infectious, but, you know, the ability to reduce that serious illness is really important. Then on top of that, if, in fact, you do get infected, and particularly if you're over, uh, older, over age 65, uh, we know that you can really dramatically reduce your risk of having serious illness by then taking Paxlovid. In particular, there's two or several other drugs that are available. Paxlovid has been by far the most effective. But the key to that is getting it early. You need it really within those first few days of becoming uh, ill. And what we've had happen over and over again is people couldn't get in and get tested. They couldn't be seen to get the results back in time so that they could actually get the drug. So I think that this new approach is really a very smart idea. Uh, there, I can promise you, if you taste Paxlovid, which has a, a really a bitter metallic taste, nobody would take that for the fun of it. So I don't ever worry that someone is going to try to game the system to get Paxlovid to yeah, take it right. if they don't really have COVID. 
And so I think those are the, the final piece is just, uh, you know, if you really want to protect yourself, again, wearing an N95 respirator, not just masking. Some people think you put it in front of your face, it'll protect you. But, you know, if you're in a setting where uh, you have someone who's particularly at high risk for serious illness and they want to protect themselves, even with the other, the first two methods, as we've talked about, available, I, I would still do that. And I do that. I, I'm still wearing my N95 where, where I go and how I go. Okay, a lot to go back on with a very complete answer. Let me let me start on the Paxlovid side. As we have learned, and as you've pointed out often, there are times when you know something, and then other parts when when I'll try to be more specific or a texture, you'll be like, "Well, we don't know yet." Okay, what what do we know more about Paxlovid now than we did when it was first introduced? Have, have there been anything notable that's changed in this area? Well, there's been a few things. And again, I think this is, you've set the tone very well. Obviously, you and I have been doing these interviews for enough years, yeah, you know already right. what I'm going to say. But, you know, the point is that when this first was approved, uh, we didn't understand, did it result in people then having rebounds afterwards? Meaning that, you know, you took the drug, you got better, but then you had a rebound in illness afterwards. Well, it turns out there is a slight increase of that, but it actually it happens even in people who never take Paxlovid where they are sick for four or five days, they get better, they may even test negative, and then on day eight or nine, they get sick again, and then they even test positive. That is just a normal course of this particular virus, this infection. So Paxlovid does not add any real burden to the rebound effect. So that's number one. We now know that. Number two is, is that it has stood up over time to the variants, meaning that we've worried about the antibody drug treatments we've been using. Remember, some people were getting these monoclonal antibodies, which is a specifically man-made antibody to go right at the virus. But the virus has been mutating so quickly and in such dramatic ways that these antibodies have been rendered largely useless. Paxlovid has continued to be effective. We've not seen any evidence that the virus has gotten around it. The final piece, which I think is is really important, uh, is not just that it prevents people from becoming seriously ill, hospitalized, and dying, but now we know that it may reduce long COVID by 30 to 40%. So instead of getting COVID and then Got going it. on and developing long COVID, it's a much lower risk. So, so this really is a drug that is really important right now, and it is being tremendously underused. Uh, you know, when we look around the country right now, you know, Chad, we're still seeing 460 deaths a day. And that may not seem like a lot relative to 2,000 deaths a day where we were a year ago. But don't forget that the number one cause of cancer in our country in terms of deaths is lung cancer. And right now, we average about 350 deaths a day from lung cancer in this country. Well, here's COVID killing 460. So it is still a really significant challenge. And uh, that's why the vaccine, the drug combination is really important. Let's talk about the latest booster with data, which I know concerns you. So those 65 and older... 94% of them, Mike, had the initial COVID vaccines. Only 36% have received the updated shot. You say it so often how important it is. You've said it in multiple answers already in this conversation. What else will tip those folks who believed in the first part of this process to get them to say, okay, This also makes sense because 94% to 36%, Mike, that drop is not a small drop. That is 
an enormous change. Yeah, and you know, I've been saying here on for months on this very show, we can't boost our way out of this pandemic because it's not just will the vaccines work, but will people take them? There's a big difference between getting vaccines at last mile to the people versus the last inch, which is getting the needle in the arm. And it's human nature. We have seen this over and over again. Some people are legitimately confused. They say, wait a minute, I, I, I got all my doses, didn't I? I mean, I took them way back, uh, you know, a year or two ago. And we've not done a good enough job describing what has happened with this vaccine. When the data first came out on these vaccines almost two years ago, we basically kind of more or less promoted them as if they were like a measles vaccine, where two doses and you're probably protected for life which is, in fact, what happens with that particular virus and vaccines. Well, what's happened with the COVID vaccines is they've become much more like the flu vaccine, where you do need these booster doses and with some regularity. In this case, with flu, obviously, we do it annually. And with COVID, it could even get to be the point of where it's every six months or so. And so this has been a real challenge as to trying to help people understand it. I think there is much less resistance to getting vaccinated than there is almost a lack of understanding of why that's so important. And that's when I talk about these 460 deaths a day, we continue to see these. And, you know, if you're vaccinated, it doesn't mean you won't get seriously ill and die. There's still some risk, but you're three times more likely to die if you're not vaccinated in this group. So, uh, Chad, you're absolutely right. This is this is well beyond just medical science. This is about psychology, human psychology. What is it that people want to feel? Some people are saying, I'm done with this pandemic. I'm done. And what that means, I'm just done. And I understand that. I mean, many of us have been done with it for a long yeah, time. Right. But it doesn't mean that you can not understand what else you could do to protect yourself. And so we've got to just keep getting this message out. And I frankly thank you very much for giving me a platform right now to promote this vaccine among the people out there. Trust me, if you're not vaccinated, get it. It could save your life. Dr. Michael Ostrom is with us. Chad Hartman here on News Talk 830 WCCO. I'm getting the text again. I've spotted this a little bit more the last few weeks on Twitter where people are convinced that the number of individuals who are dying from the vaccine or the booster is significantly higher and that the government is suppressing it. Individuals like yourself and others are keeping those numbers down, that this is all a part of a conspiracy to not tell the entire truth. When you hear that, you say what? Well, let me just uh, remind everyone just uh, three minutes ago, I said that, uh, you know, you still may get seriously ill and be hospitalized and die if you're vaccinated. But you have a three times lower risk of that happening than people who are not. And so this is all about relative terms. I mean, it's not an absolute. Either it does completely protect you or it doesn't at all. And it's unfortunate this kind of misinformation continues to be shared. Uh, It is really not even misinformation. It's disinformation. And, you know, it has consequences. It's not about, you know, do I win a bet or do I lose a bet? It's do I save a life or not save a life? And so all we can do is continue to push the information forward. I'm telling you, this is absolute certainty that these vaccines have saved millions of lives. They continue to save millions of lives. I am one of those who are fully vaccinated right up to as much as I can have right now. And uh, that's all I can recommend to everyone out there. Please do not give way to uh, this disinformation. It's just simply not true. But, But on dying after the vaccine, 
How minimal are those numbers? Are they are they more than we think? Because there's still a lot of people, Mike, and I shake my head, but there are a lot of people out there who believe this is happening and will cite uh, something they see on Facebook or something yeah. that they believe happened to someone or maybe potentially did happen because it's not like it never happens. But how many – give me the numbers on this, if, if anything is notable. Well, first of all, one of the challenges with just numbers, let me just be really clear about this, is all relative again, meaning that you know we're all going to die. 100% of us are going to die. They're listening to the show right now. There will always be a top 10 causes of death, and if we eliminate – the top 10 we have, we'll have 10 new ones. I'm not sure they're going to be any better. So when you look at the issue of the older age population and you look at people who get COVID, the point I made earlier is you have about a three times higher risk of dying if you're not vaccinated than if you're vaccinated. So that doesn't imply that vaccine of itself protects you. But if you look at the numbers of people who are not vaccinated and look at how many of them are dying, that's where it comes to play. And so all we're saying is, do you want a threefold protection against dying? That's what this vaccine is providing. So no one, and I'm surely not, I've already, before you even asked me the question, I said on the air, you know, people can still die getting vaccinated. But I'll do anything I can to buy a threefold reduction in that risk. And that's what this is all about. And so people will say, well, wait a minute, one person died who got vaccinated. These vaccines don't work. And it's not that simple. You have to do the comparison of what is the rate of dying among those vaccinated versus the rate of those dying who are not vaccinated. And that's where the, you know, you don't even need statistics to look at the graph of that. And you can see, wow, that's a real benefit. Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you so much. Enjoy the weekend. And we'll uh, talk next few weeks. And and Merry Christmas to you, Chad. Thank you, Mike. And your family. Absolutely. See you later. Thanks. Really appreciate that. Merry Christmas to everybody. We're back. Hey, let's talk a little Hawaii. When we come back, look outside right now. Uh, now, if you're living in Minnesota or somewhere in the upper Midwest, if you're living in you know, Tempe, Arizona, well, Hawaii, you know what? Hawaii works, Aragon, Tempe, anywhere. I'll talk about your chance to go to Hawaii when we come back, and I'm going to eat some of the food from the potluck. What'd you think? Solid. I appreciate Solid. you bringing down a nice yes. selection. Yes. We'll consume during this uh, brief pause. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It is a um, top 15, top 10 theme song. What do you think? It has to be because I've never seen a minute of the show. But you hear that, 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 you know exactly what we're talking about. It's Hawaii Five O. Oh, I thought it was Dallas. No. No. No, it's not. <laughs> <clears throat> is it just a generational situation? You said, name me a show based out of Hawaii, and if you're a little older, you might go Hawaii Five-0, and if you're a little little younger, you go Magnum P.I. I mean, do we have something post-Magnum based on Hawaii? And is it possible, on this trip I'm about to tell you about, I'm going to go and 
I'm going to start a TV show and you'll never see me again. Mm. Well, would do you have a premise set, or are you going to you still workshopping that? Um, tall, dark, handsome, hot, fifty-seven-year-old intellectual genius. You got a friend? Moves to Hawaii and dazzles the ladies. <laughs> and wacky sidekick Chad shows up and ruins everything. <laughs> and what role I play on that show, I have no idea. Uh, Hawaii, I'm going. You should go. February 21st to March 2nd. As I've said a few times. If you yourself have traveled to Hawaii or you know others who have been fortunate enough to travel to Hawaii, show a hand to honor David Kahn. Show a hand. How many people came back and said, eh, didn't live up to it? Zero. No one. Nada. It doesn't happen. Is it right next door to Minnesota? No. No, I wish I wish it was like. Ten minutes away. That is the smallest of smallest uh, items to take away from a 100% phenomenal trip. But when you're going to paradise, it's worth it. Three different islands, Oahu, Kauai. We're going to have amazing times on all the locations. Iconic places like Pearl Harbor, Maui's version of the Grand Canyon, uh, luau lessons, a luau itself, golf, if you like it. I'm I'm debating. Am I going to play golf? Am I really debating or am I just going to play golf? I think you're going to play golf. I'm probably just going to play golf. (laughs) You need to explore this. February 21st, March 2nd, at some point in your life, if things work out, well, if things work out, you'd like to probably live in Hawaii or you'd like to go to Hawaii 50 times. Most people, me included, we're not going to go to Hawaii that much. So why not go with a place like Holiday Vacations and they know how to do it brilliantly and have an amazing, spectacular time staying at beautiful hotels with First-class service. It's at least worth checking out. Easiest way to do it. I can give you the phone number. I gave you the phone number yesterday. Let's just go holidayvacations.com, keyword WCC Radio. I want you to think about that, Dave, for the folks listening right now, when they're kind of sort of driving home and they're really barely moving or when they're shoveling for the 17th time in the last four days or they're freezing their booty off. Think about Hawaii. It rains about every other year. It's phenomenal. You want to be called cousin by everybody. They call you cousin. I'm going. Carla's coming. We'll have a phenomenal time. Holidayvacations.com. Keyword WCCO Radio. Uh, Before this show is done, about uh, 2.35 or so, we're going to get to the utter filth. That city council member, Jamal Osman, offered up years ago his apology. Is it enough for you? And is it enough for you just because you agree with him? Is that pretty much where it goes if somebody screws up? And by the way, this isn't him as a 14-year-old. 
Because these things that come out about a 12-year-old, you know, and we want to crush the person and so-called cancel the person. Uh, he was in his late 20s when these uh, disgusting comments were made. So we'll get to that. And do credit to uh, Dina Winter and uh, Minnesota Reformer for breaking that story yesterday. Okay. Variety. Very good. Their top 100 movies of all time. By the way, 100, I'll just give you that. I think this is in my top 15, The Graduate. The Graduate is a spectacular movie. <clears throat> all right, 20, Blue Velvet. Saw it, really liked it. We'll try to go quick here, Dave. Do you got a comment on Blue Velvet? Yeah or nay? Uh, I bet it's uh, really good. Godfather Part 2. It's in my top five. It's that good. I prefer the first one. A lot of people don't. A lot of I feel like more people prefer... They say that's the, the rare sequel one. that actually outdoes the original. What else on the sequel? Uh, this is another text you can share with me. Sequel-wise, what else comes close? Because it rarely ever happens. Because Godfather 2, if there are differences, it's just a little bit better or it's just a little bit worse. I need to watch Godfather 3 again. I just watched it once and really was disappointed. And I've had friends I trust who say you should go back. It's worth it, and just sit, your expectations have totally changed now. Uh, 18, Persona, 1966. Honestly, I've never heard of Persona. And at one point in my life, I felt like I was uh, paid a fair amount of attention. Nashville, 1975. This is Robert Altman. It's a great, great movie. You just chime in anytime you want <laughs> on all, any of these before me just going to you all the time. Casablanca, it's classic. Absolute classic. It's 16 on this list. I think for a lot of people, it is higher than that. Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans, 1927. Dave, your thoughts? I really, you know, I'm more of a sunset rise, or the, uh, the demise of two humans. Yeah. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that's fine. If you want the positive version, that's good, too. Do the Right Thing. Is that your favorite Spike movie? <sighs> Probably is for me. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah. think it's, I haven't seen all of his movies, but I have seen that, and it's... It's deservedly high up. Yeah. It'll make you uncomfortable. Yes, it will do that. Rule The Rules of the Game, 1939. Again, I'm not familiar. Goodfellas, number 12. It's not quite Shawshank, but it's on an incredible amount. <laughs> Properly rated, overrated, underrated, the omnipresent, the star-studded, the much-discussed Goodfellas, Dave Harrigan. Best mob movie there is. Whoa! Better than Godfather. Yep. Bite your tongue on that one. Honest. Settle down. I'm right. No, this isn't Am I Right. <laughs> uh, it's properly rated. Singing in the Rain. Now, what kind of musical guy are you? I like a musical. I've not seen Singing in the Rain. I'm a big musical guy also. And Singing in the Rain lives up to the height. That's 11. So now we get to number 10. Saving Private Ryan. Starts a little too slow for me. You know that opening scene? <laughs> I mean, let's get to something sooner. No, I mean, there's no opening scene close to Saving Private Ryan, right? There's a lot of great opening scenes, including in a completely different movie, though also World War II related. Um, it's what, 30 minutes, the opening scene? It's intense. It's absolutely in depth. You don't ease into the movie. No. You do not. 
All About Eve. I saw it a long time ago, 1950. This is uh, Betty Davis when she was Betty Bleepin' Davis. I don't remember enough of, about it. It's a wonderful life. I am so with you. Such a snooze fest. It is overrated. <laughs> Come on, Jimmy. Oh, Mr. Potter. Yeah. It's terrible. <clears throat> I don't know if it's terrible. I'm saying terrible. But it doesn't come close to the expectations. 2001, A Space Odyssey. Another one, it's Kubrick. I haven't seen it in like 20 years. I need to go back. I know I was dazzled the first couple times I saw it. Are you? Have you had a chance to see this one? It's Boy, I bet I was 14 or 15. My brother was really into Star Trek and space stuff, and yep. he rented it one time, and I watched it with him, and uh, didn't didn't grab me. Seven Samurai, nineteen fifty four. I've heard a lot about this movie. I have not watched it. Here comes a movie I love, and was extraordinarily pleased it was this high, but I was shocked it was this high. Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction is a top 10 movie for me, without a doubt. And sometimes when I when I put that out on the Twitter machine, they're like, oh, there are so many better Tarantino movies. There's a lot of great Tarantino movies. This is the best one. It's a brilliant effing movie. I almost said the F word right there. Calm down. Calm down. Would you would you have been uh, ready to block that? Or would you have been so surprised you might have froze? I think I would have gotten that one. Okay, I think I would have. We're in delay, which is good. I, this is this is this fights for the top spot among my Tarantino movies <clears throat> with Inglorious Bastards. Glorious Bastards, is great. I just love that movie. And if we're talking about the Saving Private Ryan opening scene, the opening scene oh, yeah. of an Inglorious Bastards oh, yeah. is my favorite scene of any movie all time. It's way up there. Number four. Again, I'm surprised where it's on the list because I thought it might be number one. Citizen Kane. Kind of the one that people always point to, right? Yes, right? Orson Hatred from Variety's list. Number three. I figured if Citizen Kane is not number one, well, this would be number one. Number three, Godfather. Okay. So I was here going, whoa. Mm Mm-hmm. Does Porky Six have a chance? It's close. I mean, I mean, we're closing in on it. I haven't seen it yet. Number two, The Wizard of Oz. Okay, we've all watched The Wizard of Oz over and over and over again. It's an all timer. It's not the second greatest movie of all time. It's not great movie. No. Apparently, I was a big fan of The Wicked Witch. <laughs> West or East. Or you, just, you don't care. Yeah, You'll don't take care. them all. I'm still bitter. Number one, Psycho. It's a great, great movie. I, I've i got Godfather ahead of it. I've got Citizen Kane ahead of it. You know, I guess I'm going with the chalk. Maybe I'm in condition, but I, I'm surprised. Now, Hitchcock, I mean, we could go through the list of amazing work, and it's it's an all-timer. That's surprising. Okay. Give me text or call. And text right now. Call right now. Cities one talking text line. 651-461-9226. What is your number one or two top movies of all time? 651-461-9226. What time are we out, Dave Harrigan? 
That'll be just over three minutes and ten seconds from now. Let's go four. Let's let's give people more Whoa. time on this list. More okay. time. Okay. okay. Let's go to Bill, who's calling him. We're talking Variety's top 100 list. There are comedies. There are serious movies. There are movies outside of this country. It's not just a hoity-toity, let me look down my nose list. I think it's an excellent list. Bill, what do you got? Okay, my friend, uh, I got a list that'll rock the critics' world. Let's go. As I was telling your associate there, number one, the original Nutty Professor with Jerry Lewis. Okay. I'm not kidding, man. That is the, okay, number filmed two. Filmed at ASU, baby. There you go. A Thousand Clowns with Jason Robards. If you never saw it, I mean, it'll just, it's, it's, I can't describe it. I, you it's know what I call that? The Adam Carter life story. There you go. Thousand Clowns. And number three, let's not forget this one, the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, that's a good back list. In, Bill. Back in, the, back in the, made in the 50s. And the, uh, my runner-up, my two runners-up would be The English Patient and My Dinner with Andre. That's a good list. Those are five yeah. good ones. Okay, text, Reservoir Dogs, French Connections, The Usual Suspects, Heat. I love every one of those movies. The least... Heat. I don't think Heat quite matches up with the others, but the De Niro, Pacino anticipated scene is phenomenal. Uh, usual Suspects. I don't think I made it through that one. What? I think I pulled that up on Netflix or Prime about a year ago and got about 20 minutes in and said, ah. Who hurt you? I, I don't know. Didn't catch me. Get out of here. That's, Cook. Come back. Oh, you don't want that. You know you don't want to. Come on. Well, I mean, it's not like Dan, I mean Dan's a pretty good person. He's usual suspect. Do you even know what happened? Oh, you got these suspects, and they're, they're, they're usual. usual. Ones. Okay, thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, more text. Uh, Godfather, Casablanca, The Conversation. Oh, interesting. Dances with Wolves, Apollo thirteen. Dances with Wolves. Apollo 13, very good. Although then every stupid broadcaster had to work it. <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> Honestly, any broadcaster, boom, shoot them and they're gone. Uh, dances with Wolves again. Oh, my. Trash listed. Boys, come up with it. <laughs> Excellent. Top movie of all time, To Sir With Love. That's pretty good. Forrest Gump. What are you saying to Forrest Gump? Did you make it through Forrest Gump? I did. Good okay. movie. I'm fine with it not being in the top 100. Are we sure it wasn't? I, I just scrolled through. I did not see it anywhere. God, you didn't watch the entire entirety of Usual Suspects, and you don't like Forrest Gump. Uh, I said it's good. Get it's out of here. It's just not top 100. Get out of here, you commie. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Silence of Lambs. This is a pretty good list for me. Godfather 1, Pulp Fiction 2. I, I can see that. Uh, das Boot. Uh, Forrest Gump on Bohemian Rap- Rhapsody. Uh, so glad you mentioned The Graduate. Grease, Jaws, Field of Dreams, all-time te- top ten for me. Field of Dreams, slightly overrated compared to the other baseball movies. That's fair. Nat- I'd, I'd call it properly, maybe leaning towards over. but Natural, better. Bang the drum slowly, better. And the best one? Bull, Bull Durham. Durham. Bull Durham is the mm-hmm. best one. Die Hard. Okay, stop with Die Hard. Come on. I mean, what, is it Cook again? Yeah. And the person the dope again said it's a Christmas movie. This might this might be Cook's number. To Kill a Mockingbird. Cool Hand Luke. 
lot of good lists. Rusty, real quick, you got five seconds. Best movie of all time in the history of planet Earth. Quickly, what do you got? Best movie, I don't know. My favorite movie, Forrest Gump. There we go. See, why don't you two fight during the break? Rusty, CBS, and Eric Escola next hour.